That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. I missed you. (laughs) I missed you too. I feel like I haven't talked in forever. Me too. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever either. And it was like one episode and I felt so much FOMO <laughs> with that, with the whole episode. It was so much fun. And I was constantly talking with the three of you and, I was like, and this and then this. And I was, yeah, it was like, I felt so left out. <laughs> Did you feel like at least I represented your views to some degree? Uh-huh. Brought the arty flair at least. We had so much fun. Adam and Tom were so lovely, but I did miss you. Yeah, Adam and Tom sort of brought the arty flavor with, you know, the real low, calm Tom and then the very hyper Adam. Like it's me <laughs> going from like very low to suddenly getting very hyper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved Adam too. I wanted to, I wrote to him and I was like, you have to come back on when I'm around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You would love him. He's so funny. Yeah. Um. So since you've been gone, in the words of uh-huh. Kelly Clarkson, uh, we did have some Bravo news. A lot. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on with Dallas. But as you guys know, mm-hmm. Wednesdays are not our Dallas episodes. We usually talk Summer House and Married to Madison. We're not going to talk mm-hmm. about Summer House anymore because Summer House is over. We're going to be talking about Shaza Sunset and Married to Madison today. But before we do that, we obviously have to touch on the big Summer House news, which is... Hannah is gone! Do you think that we manifested that? I think it's all us. We did it. We did it. I did it. It's like the biggest accomplishment I've had this year. Okay. I know for a fact. I choked on my water. I know for. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful for Noor. (laughs) Yeah. I'm grateful for the podcast. I'm grateful for all our listeners. And Hannah Burner can go burn in hell. Wow. Okay. I was actually (laughs) not going to say. Well, no, I'm not that. I don't hate her. I don't no. hate her. You've done much bigger things that we've not talked about on the podcast. But sister, you've done bigger things. Than no, Hannah Burner no. Fired, okay. This is the biggest thing I did was to get uh, Tiffany Moon a half-assed apology from Bravo. Bravo. Completely half-assed apology from Bravo and Hannah Burner stepping down to tell fart jokes. Like I would, who pays money, good money to go listen to fart jokes? Guys, honestly, if you want to hear fart jokes, you could just come into the house of any person who has toddler boys or little mm-hmm. boys in the house, okay? Yeah, and my 11-year-old girl. My 11-year-old girl loves to say fart jokes. Yeah, you want to hear fart jokes? Just go go to your friends' houses. In mm-hmm. fact, ask any of your friends who've been stuck in a house quarantined with their children for the last yeah. year. They'll tell you their kids fucking love fart jokes. And you know yep. what? We don't like them as adults. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Hannah Burner, bye. She's done. But also Summer House is done. So... It- Wait, wait, wait. So Summer House is done for now. It's coming back. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, of course. The so what do you is think finished. is going to happen to Paige? Is Paige finally going to show who Paige really is now that she has no crutch? 
to hang on. Well, to. she's there for the winter house. That's right. So now do we have to watch winter house? No, is it winter house? It's summer house. Winter oh my charm? god, it's called winter house summer charm. Southern southern. No, no. What is it? Winter charm. It's a dumb title. Yeah. But um, yeah. I I mean, I'm gonna watch winter house. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call it winter house, and I'm gonna watch winter house yeah. for sure. Okay. Winter is coming, so we'll watch that. Hundred percent. We are gonna watch that. But mm-hmm. right now, I realized this afternoon watching Shadows of Sunset. Mm-hmm. That actually, the Shahs of Sunset might be after Married to Medicine. After my Married favorite to people. After, after Married yeah, to Medicine. Yeah, after, See, I, Married to Medicine, we love because we love to watch them because we love half of them at least. We love them as people. They are nice people. Yes. Shahs, we love to hate. I don't want Shahs to ever go away because I need to channel my hatred of not hatred but my it's not even the kind of hate I have for Cam right that's like true hate yeah but this is one that I enjoy watching but I know that people are all of them are just dumb and hateful and spiteful and miserable people who are going to be constantly throwing their friends under the bus there's nobody that you want to root for there yes absolutely so I want to talk about Shaza Sunset more but before we get to that you know the big the other news that came mm-hmm. out today. What? I have been in a bubble. Okay. Is it is it the engagement that you're talking about? James got engaged. got engaged to Raquel. Oh my god, no, I wasn't gonna mention that, but that did happen. Yes. Yes. That's that, okay. I saw that part and that was the sweetest thing ever. Okay, why was I like emotionally happy for them? I I it feels like it's now, see, that is a redemption arc that we have all been rooting for. James is somebody that we all root for. He's uh, deep inside. He's a nice person, but he's broken. And he is, he's also funny and yes. self-deprecating. So we appreciate that a little bit. Yes. But he also truly, truly ha- was given such a bad hand in terms of parents. And he yeah. has really, really worked on himself to come through. Yes. For all the times that we kept telling Raquel to run run and she didn't hear us you know i'm glad she didn't because i think i know she fixed him i gasped when i saw the instagram story okay so there's that news which is congratulations you crazy kids you did it we're so happy for you but the next thing that i wanted to mention was BravoCon was announced for october (gasps) of this year oh oh Wow, mm-hmm. I did not know that. I missed it completely. Okay, the, uh, like news. I was busy getting Hannah fired, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I was busy. Yeah. So BravoCon is announced for, I believe, October 15th to October 17th, which just seems like not enough days. Look, you missed BravoCon last year. You can't just mm-hmm. come back this year with two and a half or three days or whatever that's going to look like. I'm really going to need them to give me more days of BravoCon. They should have done an entire week. I think they couldn't do because I bet they need sponsors for all of these events. And I bet there's a lot of different companies and sponsors that would not be ready for a big gathering like that yet. They don't know how October is going to look. So I'm betting that they couldn't get sponsors. That's a good point. Well, then if they couldn't get sponsors, I feel like the prices are going to be even higher. I feel like it's going to be hybrid and you're going to buy tickets and half of that shit is going to be online. Hybrid like school? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
There's going to be a whole bunch of virtual stuff happening that oh they're going to God. fill in. Yes, fillers for even the three days that, or two or three days that they're going to have it. They're going to have it as fillers. Whoever buys the tickets is going to be completely pissed off about it. Well, okay. First of all, I will not be able to afford the ticket, but I'll tell you what. I will be standing on my side over here in New Jersey looking in like with binoculars like Quad's uh-huh. neighbors were looking in on her party. <laughs> into BravoCon to see what's going yeah. on. Yeah, okay. Richie D Catch will probably me. Richie D will probably be at BravoCon and then wave to you. Hi neighbor. Yeah, I'm going to go to the <laughs> I will I will go as far as going to the High Line in New York City and I will uh-huh. just hang out there and if I'll be with the, I'll to, come I'll come up. I'll come up to hang out on the High Line. Yeah, so here listen, if you can't afford BravoCon, Arthi and I will be there in October in You the know area. how Look for me it's not that far. I literally yeah. I'm doing the bare minimum. Yeah. I'm just driving from my house to the city, which isn't very far. So maybe we'll have a reality is con at rail. I have a feeling that there will be uh, there. I have a feeling that there will be like little spot events happening around BravoCon. Yes. Much like fashion, you know, when you have New York fashion show and you have like Ramona's fashion or, you know, Envy, <laughs> Envy and Posh having their own fashion. You know, they have their own fashion shows while New York fashion is happening. I think there will be other little little things yes. with podcasts and stuff like that that happening. If other podcasters do that, we will do the same, but we will do it at the Chipotle or something. Do you remember, was it last season or two? Yeah, it was last season where Sonia had that poorly like lit, that fluorescent lighting fashion show that yes. was really poorly put together. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's going to be us. That will be us. Yes. That's yes. the equivalent of our fashion show. Yeah. And Dur- you can come in pajamas. You can come yeah. in like the pajamas that Sonia gave Leah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about Married to Medicine. What do you think is going on with Toya? I, it's hard to tell. It feels more like she is, she, I don't know, man. She she gives me the classic menopause depression kind of thing that maybe she's going through perimenopause or something and doesn't realize it mm. because she's moody as hell she was taking some hormone pills before remember last year yeah now she's doing something else she's not just short with everybody she's short with eugene she seems unhappy but at the same time she's also being quite normal she's like playing tennis improving herself doing something but it feels like she's trying all that to be happy Like something is bothering her and we don't know what it is, but she's very unhappy with herself. And I I have a feeling that it may be that she feels now that the boys are older, that she feels like purposeless. Like she doesn't have a purpose in life. Everybody has a job. She doesn't have something going on for herself. She tries to justify that that being a mom is what she wants to do. But I think it eats away at her. I think she's she's not the brightest bulb, but she she can be an entrepreneur if she wants to be. She could be doing something that would fulfill her. And I think she's not. She doesn't want to be taking care of the house and taking care of that's why she complains about that. She doesn't want to do that anymore. I think it may be like a midlife crisis for her where she's like, I need to find some joy in my life and I don't know where to find it because she doesn't yeah. have some personal joy and accomplishment to look back at. And I think when 
these women, especially Contessa and all of these women talk about her not having, not being the smartest, not having anything going for her. I think that cuts very deeply for her. And that's that's where she is. I think that's bothering her a lot. Yeah. I think, remember, she and Quad started off the same. They were doctor's wives. Mm -hmm. But now Quad is very well known. She's making her own money. She has her own place. She's having her... She has a talk show. She's very well accomplished and mm-hmm. Toya is not. So I think there is something there along those lines that is bothering Toya, but that she doesn't, she hasn't faced it herself. So she doesn't know what's what's wrong. I agree with that. And I think that's a really good point because think about the fact that every party she keeps showing up to, she keeps bringing doctor's wives along with her. She brought on Anila mm-hmm. as her little doctor wife partner. She brought on Lisa Nicole. She brought on Carrie. So mm-hmm. she's bringing these people on who she feels more herself And I do Mm -hmm. think that she might be going through a little bit of what Quad was going through when she started doing the Sister Circle show. Mm -hmm. She started to feel like, oh, I've got these other group of women that make me feel better than Mm -hmm. the way I feel around this particular group. And I think that one, Toya looks like she's not having fun when she's around them. And that is sad because Toya Mm -hmm. is so fun and she's so funny. Mm -hmm. And even when she's stirring shit up, she's hilarious. But now she's showing up to events. She's picking fights. She's getting drunk. And then she's leaving. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me like she doesn't really want to film with them. She might not want to film with them because she's sick of being the butt of a joke. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to have to prove herself as mm-hmm. a valuable person because of X, Y, and Z. But I also think internally something is wrong because her whole thing all this time was my house, my finances, my house, my finances, my house, my finances. Mm-hmm. Now that that's done and she's got this big, beautiful house, she can't even do the things with her big, beautiful house that she probably originally wanted to do. Like because, throw parties and Like throw parties and all this stuff because of yeah. COVID. And yeah. so now she feels like, like some part of her is incomplete because – I'm sure on being on reality TV, when you have these things play out, they become a part of your personality. Mm-hmm. Her whole identity started to become married to medicine, Eugene's wife building a house, right? Yeah. And yeah. so finally, now she's had this house. And what happens is when you focus on material things and you don't actually fix the problems that are happening inside, mm-hmm. the material things can come. But once they're there, those problems that are inside grow even bigger because you're like, oh my God, I'm so unhappy. And I don't know why. And that's why, like, it was really sweet to me, actually, as much as Contessa drives us crazy. When Contessa went outside and was like, I know she's broken. Like, that girl is not okay. Contessa, beginning of the season, would have been like, fuck you, you're fake. Mm-hmm. But I think Contessa in that moment knew this is beyond the show. This yeah, girl this is, is real. legitimately this is sad. Yeah. Yes. This is a person who is actually hurting. Yeah. So I think it might be a mix of a lot of things. She's got this better crew, this tennis crew. She's got this house she can't do anything with. And she might be feeling bored with the group. And actually, the one thing Toya said that was so fucking true is Jackie sits on the side and does absolutely nothing when these things mm-hmm. are happening. Mm-hmm. She chooses to not say anything. And this is Simone's issue with Jackie too. Mm-hmm. Heavenly is starting shit, and Jackie sits on the side and just goes, "Oh my god, oh no, Heavenly, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. It almost—if I was in that position—I would start to think like maybe this is what Jackie actually wants. Wants, and Heavenly is just her, you know, lapdog. Yeah, Toya is looking for support 
And in that moment, she doesn't find support, really. She finds pity and she finds people do care about her, but they don't, you know, roll up their sleeves and say Team Toya or any of that. And she feels vulnerable. So we are in the very last fight, right? So Quad says, I didn't invite you, Carrie. And Carrie said, I came because Toya felt sad and she didn't want to come by herself. because She didn't she feel supported by the Supported. Group. So what does Carrie do when all of that is happening and Toya is crying and leaving? Carrie continues to sit next to Lisa Nicole. <laughs> And just nod and look shocked. And she stays there. She doesn't even walk out. I know. I know. Nobody walks out. None of the so-called Toya's friends walk out. Lisa Nicole doesn't walk out. Anila doesn't walk out. Carrie doesn't walk out. Anita doesn't walk out and Carrie doesn't walk out. It's Simone and Contessa who I don't think Toya expected Contessa to walk out. After Contessa saying she's not smart enough and then Toya, even when Contessa walks out, I don't think Toya quite gets it because she's like, well, Contessa just called me not so smart last time. So maybe she's just doing it out of pity. She's doing it because she's like, oh, I'm lost. But Simone, she actually talks to him. She's like, I'm not okay. She says that, right? She says something that I missed in that quick thing. And I would have to re- watch the whole damn thing on on demand to get. To oh that no! Point. So she said Simone was like, "You're not okay." She said, "Oh no!" She says, "You're hurting," and she says, "I'm not hurting. I'm angry." Yeah. And I think it's like Toya lacks the depth in that moment or that vulnerability in that moment to stop and say, "I'm angry because I'm hurt." I'm hurt. Yeah. Yes. So one of the other things I noticed was that she said at the end, "I feel like I'm really there for people, and I wish that they would lift me up." but they don't. Mm -hmm. And I think when she says that, she's not talking about Simone or anybody Mm -hmm. else. The thing that Toya is looking for is she wants Heavenly to be proud of her. Yeah. She wants Heavenly to be happy for her because as much as Heavenly drives her crazy, it's like when you're bullied and then yeah. you come in and you show the bully that you're actually doing great. Yeah. There is some something inside of you that says, I wish the bully would stop and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. And, I, and, and you know what? You're right. But the thing is, Heavenly doesn't do that because Heavenly is not capable of doing that yeah. at this no. point, at least. No. I'm sure down the line at some point she'll do some fake apology and then, yeah. you know, do the Ramona thing where she apologizes yeah. and then Heavenly does is very much like Ramona I don't think 100% I don't if she sees too far away from her radius it's she has a radius and that's how far her vision goes and beyond that is beyond her comprehension and she's not going to bother with it yeah so that's how heavenly is I think Jackie knows sees and ignores yes which is horrible yeah Simone sees and tries to help but she doesn't really know how to help yeah I think Quad could help if she would just calm down and understand that Toya is really hurting yeah and heavenly fans Heavenly fans that Toya and Quad thing, right? She That's starts the thing. That In that situation, though, Toya was wrong. She talked mm-hmm. shit about Quad's house. So Toya should be able to say sorry. But at that point, Heavenly riles up everybody so much that Toya never gets the chance to say sorry. Yeah. And then and Heavenly walks away like, oh, I don't want to be part of this mess. Heavenly, you started the whole mess. You are the mess. Yes. <laughs> She's a Tasmanian devil. She like comes yeah. in and destroys a room and then is like, ugh, this is too messy for me. Like, shut oh, up, Heavenly. God, I love Heavenly. What did you think about everybody's- <laughs> For all of that. What did you that. What did you think about everybody's dancing skills? Oh. It reminded me of that TikTok that just came out with Melissa Gorga. Oh. <laughs> It's like nobody could do the snake. 
Not one of them could do a, not one of them could dance. Other than Contessa could have. Yes. If she was alone. And Quad did. I do also think that Toya and Heavenly could, but Toya was just not feeling in that mm-hmm. moment. They were like kind of toning it down for their two stragglers, mm-hmm. Jackie mm-hmm. and Simone. Mm-hmm. But good to know I can dance better than them. I know, right? I I was not happy about Anila's dancing skills. I mean, I can dance better than her. You're right. She was not really just doing shaking much. one hip thing. That yeah, one hip thing, and that's like the simplest step you could do in Indian dancing. Yeah, like Anila's a beautiful girl, but she doesn't have our desi hips. Yeah, in that way, so yeah. she looks very odd dancing that way. And I shouldn't Correct. be criticizing her body. That she's look, the girl is beautiful. She's got. Yeah. I'd love to have those legs. Actually, you. have you seen? Did you see the Watch What Happens Live and Anila and and Candy were on? No. Anila and Candy were on and they look like almost like twins. They have similar features. Really? Yeah. If you look up Watch What Happens Live, Anila and Candy together. Candy is a little bit darker. Anila was wearing this Indian jewelry on her. But yeah. they have similar features with their smiles and the dimples and they look very similar. Yeah, I can see that. Big, you know what it is? It's the cheeks. Yeah. They both have the, the shape wide of smile their face. and the cheeks. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I the shape of their face and the cheeks. Yeah. But I mean, I still enjoy, <laughs> I still enjoyed everybody showing up to Quad's house and Quad just being like 100% Quad. Where mm-hmm. my favorite thing about her is like, you don't know when it's going to turn left. Uh-huh. You know, and it, there was so many quadisms, so many, so many quadisms. And this is why we love quad. She ended it with she's a mannequin. She's a fucking mannequin. <laughs> Tell her to stand in the corner and do nothing. I was like, what does that even mean? How did she come up with this stuff on the spot? You know who's know. funnier than Hannah Burner? Fucking Quad. Quad. I'd, I would pay for Quad to just do a tour where she yeah. goes into Go on a, a stage and just yell whatever comes to your mind at yeah, the audience. Just, just make observations yeah. if, of the audience and just cuss them out and say her quadisms. Yes. Ugh, I love her. I was like, what about Toya crying, shouting, and storming away is like a mannequin to you? Right it's now. absolutely nothing like, like a mannequin. Where? It's the opposite I of wanted a Quad to draw the line from Toya to a mannequin and tell me how she got there. Um, what did you think about Simone sitting down with her son Miles <laughs> to talk about the budget? It cracked oh, me up. Uh, no, but I dread that. I feel like I'm going to have to have that conversation with my daughter. She's going to be like, oh my God. No, yes. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to live here. Can I be here till I'm 30? My kid has no motivation. And I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm like so scared that this is going to happen. And as an Indian, (laughs) South Asian, Desi mom, it is dreadful that my (laughs) child, my Indian child, Indian American child does not have any self-motivation. How do you motivate them? Where do you, where do you go if they don't want to do anything? Well, I completely, I'm with you because I've said it before. Michael reminds me of my son, Noah, who's a younger one. And Miles is just like Aiden. And they're so like, just him sitting there and being like, I don't know, why is this budgeting? Now you're making Mm -hmm. me spend more money. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's totally something he would say, because I also, also think that Miles seems like somebody who's very literal. Yeah. And so that's how Aiden is. He's very yeah. literal. Like I can totally see him sitting there and being like, this is too hard. Like I just want to come home. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I you know my- 
Yeah, I tell my daughter that something is wrong, and she's like, but that's my opinion. I'm like, no, there are facts and there are opinions. <laughs> facts can be wrong or right. Like, what are you talking about? It's not she's an been, opinion. She's been watching too much Bravo. She's like, that's my opinion. Fox News. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but also the point where he's like, yeah, me and daddy are going to move out. and We're going to get our own apartment. I'm like, oh, my God, this is my future. <laughs> but also, Miles, with what money is daddy going to move out? Daddy, daddy doesn't have money there. You're all living off of your mom. So you all better do what she asked you to do. I know. That mixologist in the basement isn't getting you anything. I know. All he has to do is keep mom happy. And that's that's his job. So he's going to stay there and keep mom happy. That's all she needs from him. And not to, you know, dip into the savings and take all the money and do a startup. That's all she needs. <laughs> a child labor startup. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Child labor startup from a person who won't put his own child to labor. <laughs> oh, the irony. Oh, I love the show. Okay, let's talk about Shaz of Sunset now. Okay, uh, so we're talking about why we love these people. I think you bring up a great point that they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. So it's like a different kind of a hate watch. It's like mm-hmm. a it's a love to watch the people that you hate type of a watch, mm-hmm. you know? And I think what I what I love about Shaz of Sunset and why I think the show has continued to be so good for so long is, one, they don't really improve as people. Mm-hmm. No. Two, they don't improve as people, and it's almost like a Ramona situation. But with the whole cast, with the yes, whole cast. Yes, exactly. The whole cast is like a Ramona in that yes. way. They're all out of touch. They yeah. don't improve. They do apologize to each other only to turn around and throw everybody under the same or, or various mm. buses. Yeah. The other thing I love about them is that it's the one show I think on Bravo that despite getting famous being a nationally televised show, them having a whole bunch of social media followers, it hasn't really changed them within their relationships with mm-hmm. each other. They all have a variety of followings. So there was a period when the show first aired where Reza was more popular than the rest of the group. Yes. But he was, he's was he been so terrible that yes. it got all washed out. Yes. So now they're all equally loved and equally hated yes maybe maybe mike is hated a little bit more but and every season there's one person person. who they're gonna shit on and reza does the picking he's the sorting hat if you will of who's gonna get shat on that season yeah yeah this season it's obviously mike I I just finished watching the, the last season was a uh, rule ba- breaker because actually Reza and MJ do the picking of who they're going to pick on. And last season, MJ made the move first and picked on Reza. So that's why Reza got mad because he, he didn't get to do the picking together. Yes, essentially <laughs> because those two were not talking to each other mm-hmm. and they couldn't make the decision together. They yeah. decided, you know what, fuck you. We're going to just yeah. ha- do a war. Yeah. And it just cracks me because every season starts with, we're a family and yeah. we're fighting and I don't oh, want to fight with my, fight family. my family. And there's never any real progress in their relationships. Everybody's still Until being the camera so turns shady. on. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's still being shady with each other. But it's just so funny also because the show is edited so funny. Mm-hmm. Like these people are ready to laugh at themselves and be made right. fun of. And it's, yeah. all of it is hilarious. This show just, it cracks me up. Even Tommy, okay? <sighs> Fucking adore Tommy. Horrible. I love him. I love him. I think he has the 
sweetest heart. He has a heart of gold and he has a mouth of a Mets fan. And he is just, he says what he wants to say. It just comes out even before he thinks. It just, he just blurts out. And MJ knows it. I love MJ for loving Tommy. Does that make sense? Like she's so patient with him and she's so calm with him. She looks great. She looks great. Even Gigi with her son looks, they're just, okay, the babies are adorable. Babies are adorable. As much as I love Tommy is how much I hate Adam. Yes. Adam yes. is the worst person on the show. Well, no. He's so fucking dumb. No, Destiny is the worst person on the show. No, Mike. Let's go through the... I don't hate Mike. Mike is a... Okay, let's talk Okay, okay let's okay, talk okay. about quickly what happened okay. this episode. So okay. what happened this episode, we came back and we learned that Reza and Adam have the greatest update on them was that they got their pool made. <laughs> and then across the street... No, Destiny- no, no. They got a pool made and Adam grew a beard. He's always had a beard, no? No, he grew a long Grizzly Adams beard. Oh, gross. I barely yeah. even look at him. He irritates mm. me so much. Yeah. And then across the street, Destiny moved in and bought a house across the street from Reza. Then Mike has moved into an apartment in Hollywood, mm-hmm. quote unquote, because he wants to be respectful of his mm-hmm. wife, of his girlfriend Paulina's ex-husband's family. Ex-family. It makes no sense. It's such yeah. bullshit. Oh, Nima. Nima, Nima is... Nima's ne- teeth are still not settled in. Like super <laughs> Nima. Nima's teeth are still... Ross Geller White. They look insane. And <laughs> and he has just had to let go. He's having some business issues because yeah. of COVID. He had to let go of a whole bunch of part of a big part of his business and a bunch of people had to get fired. Gigi's doing great. She gave all of her knives to Destiny. And now she's taken on the mommy thing and she's gotten really close to her sister Layla. And actually watching that part of it with Layla and Gigi I'm... made me a little bit emotional. Yeah. And and Layla is actually quite a bitchy person and now it shows on her face too she's so puffed up she looked like she had an allergic reaction <laughs> did you not think her you could I barely see her eyes her wait, entire you, face was swollen are you implying that the meaner you are the worse your fillers look on your face mm-hmm. <laughs> is that the science behind it yeah yeah <laughs> That's what that's the science behind it. Karma will get you yeah. in the face if you are terrible and you get yeah, pillars. She looked terrible. Yeah. Didn't she? And she looked she like did. I couldn't recognize her at all. She has been kind of like the worst person for Gigi in her life. I know Gigi is not the best. Gigi's had her issues. Gigi had problems. Gigi wasted a lot of her parents' time money and resources and she just and Layla worked hard and blah 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 and Layla is very bitter that Gigi gets everything without trying too hard but also Gigi has a lot of mental issues and Layla was always always has been sort of a bitch to Gigi I feel for Layla I do because Mm -hmm. as the responsible child in my family Mm -hmm. it's are you saying you are the responsible child I am the responsible child in my family really how okay, responsible this is, is your so brother? offensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not. The I thought most your older brother was the. No. Okay, so my oldest brother, my eldest brother, yeah. is the most responsible child. Yeah, that's what. Then I thought. it's us younger two, and of the us younger two, I am more responsible. But mm. now, as adults in our 30s, and one of them's 40, it's very clear that I am actually the best child of my parents. Okay, <laughs> even if you say so yourself. Okay. okay. It, 
absolutely saying so myself. Look, I could bring my mother on the spot right now. Okay? You know what she would say if I if you asked her who my favorite call child her, call her, call her. <laughs> you know what she would say? She would say, I love all my children. <laughs> But who is the most responsible? But I digress. No, I for sure am because mm-hmm. I have the most OCD and I'm like, I mm-hmm. know the amount of anxiety I live with at mm-hmm. all times. I am the most responsible child. And I get it for Layla because it is frustrating to be mm-hmm. the one that does all the right things mm-hmm. and for the one who's the fuck up to constantly be given. Yeah. And I get being frustrated with that when your younger sibling or your irresponsible sibling is still quote unquote considered to be young, but like is in their thirties or twenties mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. No, I now get that. I, I do think that Layla has seen that Gigi has other mental health issues and she's like not well. And I think that's probably why Layla has stepped up for Gigi. And I thought mm-hmm. it was sweet. Hmm. Okay. I agree with you. Her fillers look bad, but I don't hate Layla the way that a lot of people do. No, I didn't like how Layla treated her. But then I probably recognize myself in Layla because I'm the older one, the more responsible one, was at least the most responsible one for a long time. And my sister is a little bit like a Gigi, but now she is the one that's more responsible than I am. She's doing things that I couldn't have done. It. I think younger siblings who think out of the box and don't really conform to the structure that older siblings are more responsible because they're following the structure set up for them mm-hmm. by their parents and they do all of they check all the boxes and all that and that's why they're called responsible but the younger siblings who think out of the box actually are more better adapted to life as you grow older than the older ones are because the older ones are lose structure after a certain point there's no structure in your life you have to create your own structure and that leaves you a little bit wobbly i'm having a breakthrough as you're speaking whoa what is that because you said something that was interesting which was that you don't like Layla because you see yourself in her Uh and I wonder if I don't like Gigi because I am the younger one And I could have done the fucked up things, but I didn't do them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I wasn't rebellious as a kid. I was. But people thought you would. And people thought I would. Yeah. And judged you for it. Still got judged for it because exactly. I was not rebellious at all. Exactly. There oh, you my go. God. <laughs> you guys, mm-hmm. I need to take a sip of a drink. Hold on. Wait, that was such a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not Layla. I mean, I am very responsible, but I'm responsible now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. I was more thinking outside of the box. And yeah. that probably, oh my goodness. That's why you, guys, you, are, you are more well-adjusted now than I am. I'm floundering because I don't have... Okay, you are not anymore. floundering. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having ahead, a your phone, crisis. I'm having, turn your I'm phone having... alarm back on. Okay, it's time. It's time to be grateful <laughs> of your... <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the life I have. I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for Jessica. I'm grateful for Jessica and not Jessica. I love it. I'm grateful for MJ's dog Toya. (laughs) Okay, so what else happened on the episode? Um, Then, of course, as usual, every season this has to happen is Uh, Reza has been fighting with a person last episode last season and then the premiere starts with Reza making up with that person so so MJ goes to make up with Reza and everything is fine but (laughs) MJ does it despite Tommy at home when she's talking to Tommy about it like yeah, I think we need to move on because basically MJ's trying to say like, listen, bitch, we're on a fucking TV show. We got to do this for the show. <laughs> yeah. Tommy goes ballistic. He goes 
Zero to 100. First of all, he says his calming mantra. He says his calming mantra. And like literally two seconds later, he is like screaming his head off and calling them names. And he is like... What did he call them? The three evils? is a sewer rat. He called it a subway rat with a pizza. Subway rat with a pie. That's Gigi's a sewer rat. You know, Reza is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he calls Destiny the count. Oh, yes, of course. Right, he's like, can she count the number of times people have lied? One, two, three. <laughs> I love him. And see, that's uh, the thing I love about Tommy. Tommy has truly become like, and not in a uh, traditional sense, but he's almost the Greek chorus of Shaws of Sunset because everybody else is still doing the thing to be on the show. But Tommy's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the thing is, Tommy's not lying about anything he's he not. says about he's these people. He's just shouting true. out his truth. I said, I wrote, Tommy is a truth shouter. He is. He's not, he's not a truth teller. He's a truth shouter. He just shouts it out. So his message is lost, but he is speaking the truth. Yeah. Everything he's saying is correct. Reza extended the, what is that order? Um, The restraining order. Restraining order. Stay, stay the fuck away from me order. Yeah, the stay the fuck away from me order. The stay the fuck away from me order for three years and then calls up MJ and says, let's meet and talk and make up. And how exactly what is so funny. It's so funny because Tommy's like, am I in the same planet as everybody else? You know, you have other people who join shows like this and who try to be logical. Mm -hmm. What I love about Tommy is that he is so insane in his logic that it just (laughs) comes off as like pure entertainment. It's so funny. I want Tommy and Frank and Tanya in a conversation. Can you imagine them? both barking out loud it would be hilarious okay bravo con listen up okay we need this panel yeah we need this panel i just want tommy and frank and tanya with even honestly with dolores and mj yeah that would be so fucking funny to watch yeah i want them to play couples games (gasps) yeah but it would be hilarious well let's manifest it so yeah MJ and Reza meet up and then they of course have to plan something because that's also a big thing on Chazo since there has to be a big party for something mm-hmm. and a trip and they're planning to go to Palm Springs because it's their quote unquote Disneyland <laughs> so then they funny. cut to all the times they've been at Palm Springs and they're just constantly fighting it's beautiful but they want to do it for Mike's birthday but mm-hmm. we find out that Mike is having some trouble in paradise <laughs> yeah. and it is okay if you never watch Shaws of Sunset first of all what are you doing secondly I think that I will after we finish recording go back and watch that stretch of scenes where mm-hmm. they talk about Mike and his text message. Text oh, I watched it twice. I told you. I watched it again because it was beautiful. Tommy, I think in a preview Ugh. for next week, says something like, Mike was having too much unprotected text. <laughs> So we find out. So this is what, no, this is what happened, okay? The iCloud. <laughs> Wait, let me... So what happened is Paulina sent all of these guys 
text messages upon text messages, screen grabs upon screen grabs upon screen grabs. The other reason why Shazza Sunset is so good because they're all amazing at telling stories. They're so, which is, yeah. I think, a very Persian, it's like a very yeah. Persian, Middle Eastern, Eastern, Middle Eastern, South Asian. It's like such a specific quality. And yeah. we really do love to tell stories. Hello, that's why we're podcasters. But like, <laughs> it's such an art and they're so good at it. So they always do this every season where they're all telling the same story, but in their own sort of unique way. We find out that Paulina, Mike's girlfriend, sent all of the group <laughs> a whole bunch of screenshots of text messages between Mike and some girl. Paulina says, I'm done. Gigi's like, I'm high and I'm trying to enjoy my pie and I don't want to play these games with you. And Paulina's like, I'm not playing games. So Gigi does her Gigi thing and she yells at her. <laughs> then while they're showing this, they're also showing Mike and Paulina going over to MJ and at Tommy's At 10 o'clock in the night. At 10 o'clock at night for dinner. Okay, they don't... And then... Mike is doing his thing where he is trying to explain what happened. Now, mm -hmm. tell us, Arthi, what actually so happened? So, Mike brings it up very, you know how you, when you go to a dinner party <laughs> and you just, you know, you just miss the highway and you have a story to tell or you almost got run over at the light and you're like, guess what? You know what just happened to me? Somebody almost ran me over. That's how Mike brings it up. Nobody's asking anything. He could have just shut his mouth up, but he wanted to bring it up to make sure that everybody understood that's what happened. So yeah. he says that what happened was, what had happened was, <laughs> his iCloud got lost. Mm. He says that word. It got lost, but then it got hacked. Yeah. And then all these text messages started coming and... This person who hacked them was sending all these text messages with his picture and with his stuff to him and he didn't respond because his iCloud was lost. So then this person decided to send it to Paulina. And what MJ says is, but wait a minute, but in the middle of all of this, you know, in the middle of all of this, the alarm goes off. Tommy, oh, yeah. like, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for Jessica. Not Jessica. All three of them are so serious. They were like watching him, letting him do it. Yeah. Like, I was like, one of them must break character and start laughing at this because it's such a serious moment. So funny. But they all wait patiently for him to be done. Yeah. But then he says that Paulina got it. Paulina got mad and he had to explain it to her and that she's fine now. She's she understands and she's like quiet. And then MJ says, but did you respond to this text? And he's like, absolutely not. And meanwhile, Gigi is reading his response. They do a reading of the text messages and it's so funny and it's so Mike. It's like exactly what I would think anybody's text messages mm -hmm. with Mike Shued would be, which was like yeah. sharing a picture of himself from 10 years ago, black and white, mm -hmm. where he has abs. Yeah. <laughs> his wiener is like flexed. It's so funny. Then MJ notices that Paulina is uncomfortable. So yeah. she tells Paulina to come inside. And then she asks Paulina what's really going on. And MJ also offers to cut off Mike's dick, which is very sweet of her. Very sweet. Paulina is like, dude, I'm pissed because this isn't the first time it's happened. MJ says, you know, you have this guy by the balls. Yeah. But what does that mean by when MJ says that in that situation? Paulina says, yeah, I know. And I've never had that. Paulina said, before she's been cheated on before yeah. she was previously married when MJ says you got him by the balls what she's basically saying is like you got him trapped in this mm -hmm. and how this moves forward is actually in your control it's not under his because Mike going so hard and trying to like clear his name and all this stuff and all that mm -hmm. like 
I think what MJ is saying is you are in control here. You got him by but the ball. only until Paulina forgives him and marries him. And then Mike will be back to his shenanigans. No, of course. I think the thing is, though, there is a power dynamic that yeah. I can imagine can sometimes be appealing in some way that like, okay, I might be able to control this person because they've done me wrong. Mm-hmm. Now I can get whatever I want out of mm-hmm. them. Because look yeah, at them trying so that. hard to make me happy. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Paulina starts to say, this isn't the first time it's happened. I'm really exhausted, blah, blah, blah. Mike starts to notice that this is going down. Tommy yeah. also is hilarious. No chill at all. Yeah. Comes inside. They're like, oh, we heard you yelling at him. Tommy says, oh, I was yelling? I was not really yelling as yell loudly out. as I usually yell. And then Mike comes in. He notices that Paulina's upset. And Mike does the most psychotic fucking thing yeah. I've ever seen. He's like, we got to go. It's 1030. Yeah. The kids have school. Fuck you, Mike. I yeah. was so annoyed when that happened. Yeah. I was you like, came oh, in at no. 9 o'clock, 9.30 at the most. You've had a lot of alcohol. And the food hasn't even been plated. Like she, MJ is standing there with the potatoes in her hand. It's not even in the spatula. Yeah. It's in her hand and she hasn't slapped the potatoes on the plate for you yet. Yeah. How dare you, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you know anything about Shaz of Sunset, you know that these guys love to eat and you have to have a spread. So mm-hmm. Mike leaving without eating is mm-hmm. very, it's yeah. not normal. Yeah. And so Mike starts to tell Paulina that she's drunk and the kids have school. He starts gaslighting her yeah. to say that anything you say does not count because you are not stable right now. So fucked up. That's a very daisy move, by the way. That's a toxic man move. Toxic man. man move. That's right. But I've seen it happen in, in our community a lot. I've seen it happen when there's like friction between the husband and wife and the wife starts getting some attention and people are paying attention and asking the husband, why are you doing this? They suddenly start saying, oh, we, have, we gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. I've never seen that, but I'm sure that happened. I believe Mm -hmm. it. I also noticed the one thing Mike said in the car, which was something like, yeah, I'll tell you what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Like, but he says it in Farsi. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then that's when she decides I'm getting up and fucking leaving. Like, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I can't wait. I guess I don't know if they're together still. I don't believe they are. Yeah, I don't know. What made her come into come to that dinner with Mike after all that happened, which apparently happened just the day before. They're together still. They are wild stuff people were like why is she sending it to people that she doesn't even talk to reza and all of them and she's sending oh because she wants to shame mike that's why yeah she she wants to shame mike but also they were like speculating that she wants to be on the show and she's just going to remain on the show and get mike up that's fine no i'm perfectly okay with that but i Mm -hmm. think the issue is that again shaz of sunset like so many good shows on bravo only works because these people are actually they have friendships with each other yeah yeah. They have real yeah. relationships with yeah. each other. So yeah. that's why. And then known each other for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. It just cracked me up. It was such a funny <laughs> it episode. It was such a funny episode. I laugh all the way through. If you think about the actual content of the stuff that was discussed, right? Mm-hmm. You have pregnancies and sibling relationships and a restraining order and anger management issues mm-hmm. and like somebody having to fire their staff. Uh, potentially. Yeah, sexting. All this stuff is like serious stuff, but it's put together so brilliantly. It cracks me the fuck up. I love them. I was like, are they my favorite people on Bravo? No, but they could be. They're close. Right now, they may be because they're making you laugh. It's belly laughs. I was having belly laughs watching Yes, they make me laugh the way that Jersey Shore used to make me laugh. Yes, yes. 
Yes. And that's what I love about them. Yes, yes. So. And then Reza was on Watch What Happens Live after. And mm. Andy asked him what he thought about the excuse that Mike, Mike gave. And Reza was like, he didn't even know at the time that that was the whole iCloud thing. Reza said he watched it on the show when it first when they when he first saw the first episode. And he said, uh, my jaw dropped. I was like, is he? Is he really trying to pull another one over our eyes? And he was like, of course, that's not true. But that's what he, Mike tries to do is to lie yeah. blatantly. He's like, what's wrong? Why is she upset? Why is she upset? What's wrong? What did what happened? Why is she upset? What is she yeah. upset about? Yeah. He it's clings on it's to the lie. Fake. Yeah. It, he lies and then he clings on to the lie like a elementary school kid would do because they don't want to be caught as a liar. And they realize that lying was worse than what they actually did. And now they yeah. cling on to the lying as the truth because they don't want to admit. Do you think that Destiny bought that little shack across the street from Reza's house so that she can remain on the show? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Very much. And that house wasn't such a big deal. Did you look at the house? It was. I didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. The kitchen, the cabinets, the backsplash, none she of it. She showed their good. bedroom. She showed the, the bedroom and, and the bedroom the had worst black case. sheets. Yeah. The worst and taste. Like, in, and then all the wigs hanging from the walls. It looks like a scene from the ring or something. Like there's like It's very Shits Creek Moira Rose, but like not as good. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I can't wait to watch it next week. I was so happy because I was we were worried. Like, what are we going to talk about now that yeah. Summer House is done? And like Shaw's came back. We we're so fucking happy. One other thing before we wrap up is I got a message today and I wanted to bring it to the podcast because I, I thought I could ask you directly about it. And it has to do sort of with Top Chef. And I thought it was relevant because, hello, we are South Asian podcasters. So our friend Eugene, mm-hmm. who is the host of Problem Addict Podcast, mm-hmm. um, he messaged us about a question he had. So on Top Chef this season, there is a Bengali, he's Indian Bengali chef, Avishar. And Avishar mm-hmm. made beef curry in the last episode of Top Chef. Eugene asked a question, which was, is eating beef now common in Bengali homes? Or was it a case of westernizing a standard curry for Top Chef judges? Or do non-religious Bengalis and or desis eat beef? Anything no. you could add would be greatly appreciated. Okay, first of all, Eugene, you're so sweet for asking us this question. It makes us feel important because now it feels <laughs> like we could impart some knowledge to our listeners. Because yeah. I do think that this stuff does. I think it mm-hmm. does come up. I remember in like the second episode of Married to Medicine, Anila is making steak and feeding mm-hmm. it to her kids. Yeah. So I wanted to have you answer it because you are Indian and you are a vegetarian yeah. and you grew up in a Brahmin Hindu household. Yeah. So beef is still banned in India. You don't get beef at all you will get chicken mutton goat and you'll get all kinds of other meat but you'll not get beef the reason is india is a predominantly hindu country even though india claims it's a secular country it's mm-hmm. predominantly hindu in hinduism a cow is considered a source of the milk after a mother's milk the next milk that a child and oftentimes in ancient times that's how they beat uh, infant mortality was to give the child cow's milk and so there is um, a lot of mythology associated with the cow but also that it, it's equivalent to a mother because it feeds and nourishes your child. So that is considered sacred. So they don't eat cow. Cows are considered sacred. You don't kill them. Old cows are retired and let to live their lives and never butchered. Strict Hindu vegetarians will not eat any product that causes harm to an animal. 
So they will drink milk because that doesn't cause necessarily cause harm. Milk products are fine because it did not harm the animal. Anything other than that, even eggs are not allowed. So that's a traditional Indian vegetarian is that you don't eat anything that is animal product. But that's vegetarians and not all Hindus are vegetarians. Mm -hmm. So it depends on your family, what you grew up with, what your religious beliefs are, what you're used to and things like that. So So the question being beef curry, is that common? And or do you think that that was a westernized dish? It's a westernization of an Indian dish. So it was probably a goat curry that they adapted for a beef curry here because they could eat yeah. beef. A lot of Indians here eat beef and a lot of Hindus here eat beef. They just cannot eat in India because it bans. Yes, exactly. It's like, um, I remember Chef Fati, rest in peace. I loved her mm-hmm. so much. When she was on Top Chef, she was Pakistani Muslim. Mm-hmm. But um, there was like a challenge where they had to eat different types of sausages and mm-hmm. have beer and all this stuff and yeah. then make their own version of it. And yeah. they never explicitly showed her eating or mm-hmm. talking about it or anything. But the fact that like chefs are going on Top Chef and doing their own thing. I know mm-hmm. she never cooked pork on the show i know that much but that is the other thing in india pork is also banned so muslims because of muslims pork is also banned yeah so anytime like i i know that there's um there's some really famous chefs over here in america that are based that were originally you know based out of india Mm -hmm. and now they've made Mm -hmm. themselves quite popular over here they all still will have like pork products or beef Mm -hmm. products and stuff on the menus just because you got to westernize yourself for Mm -hmm. the masses but if you go to an authentic like south indian restaurant or if you go to a more traditional Indian restaurant, a lot mm-hmm. of them now offer lamb or goat yeah. or chicken. But mm-hmm. a majority of the menu is a non-vegetarian menu. Yeah. You only have like six options if you want to eat meat at a, an Indian restaurant. And truly, yeah. you're getting tricked if you think that you're eating like vastly different meat dishes. They're all pretty <laughs> much the same. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're eating in a, a Indian t- in a house, a yes, of course. Meal, I mean, for a restaurant, then it's yeah, different. Yeah, restaurants yeah. are pretty much the same across the board. Yeah, restaurants are not even the real food that we make it. No, know, they're not. So if you not. go to a Pakistani restaurant, though, it's like all meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh. but in India, so again, much like beef, pork is yeah. also banned in India because uh, it yes. it hurts Muslim sen- uh, sentiment. Right. Yes, so exactly. In the past, when there would be like Muslim and Hindu riots and fights and all that, that would be how they would insult each other. They would like throw the pork and all so that. Dumb. So dumb. So dumb. It would be like it would cause the biggest, biggest riots and people die because some some idiot threw some pork at somebody or some idiot threw some beef at someone else. So it's like which, like, also it's such an unequal like actual fight too because like and as a muslim i can say this like that if somebody hit me in the face with like bacon mm-hmm. i'd be like okay <laughs> like that's fine you would treat it like the manzos playing whatever they played what was that ham ham yeah the yeah ham the ham game. game yeah yeah i would treat it like the ham game i'd be like mm-hmm. okay well i didn't want to eat that pig anyway but you just wasted its life for no reason mm-hmm. i'm not really that offended but like for hindus it's a much bigger deal because a cow is sacred so if a muslim is doing that that is far more offensive than like i don't care it's still offensive because it's the way that the offense is not about the throw 
throwing. It offenses to insult your religion. Right, but my religion doesn't actually tell me yeah. that I can't kill a pig. My mm-hmm. religion tells me I can't eat a pig. Yeah. So it's like a t- it's kind of unequal. And the yeah. thing is, the problem is that people are so hopped up in emotions in that mm-hmm. part of the world and it gets so contentious that people just do these like stereotypical like offensive fights with each other. It makes no sense. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating. Yeah. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would treat it like the ham game. I think it's far more offensive to kill a cow for a Hindu than it is for like a Muslim person <laughs> to just it's like it's like when like Islamophobes in like America when we're like hate crimes after 9-11, they like come and write bacon on like mosque walls. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> is it turkey bacon? Like it yeah. does it doesn't. You'd be like, you just get, you trying to give me listeria. Yeah. You just peel that throat. <laughs> just peel it off my face. Go wash it. It's fine. Yeah. But um, hey, thank you for that. Thank you for that answer. To Eugene. <laughs> that was a lot. I, I'm sure Eugene appreciates that you yeah. said that. And hey, happy birthday, Eugene. I think Eugene's birthday was last week. So Aww, happy birthday happy to birthday. Eugene. But that's it for this week's episode. And hey, if you guys have other questions like that one, feel free to ask us yeah, as long as it's not offensive. Stuff. Yeah. If it's offensive, we'll tell you it's offensive and we will tell you why. Yeah. We'll throw some but ham at your face. But don't ask if you know already that it's offensive. Don't ask. Yeah. And then we'll throw some ham at your face. Yeah. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to have Chelsea from Ono Bravo on. Ah, yay. That'll I'm so excited. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot more about the situation with Tiffany Moon because I think that we want to had a chance to yes, talk about it. You haven't had your chance to <laughs> unload about this bullshit that's been going on. So I'm sure Chelsea's gonna love that. Uh-huh. Also, you should follow I'm gonna post our our clubhouse. <gasps> yes. Information online and you should follow us. Yesterday I got to be part of and Arthi, I think you joined in as well. I joined, but I was I was silent. Yeah. So I got to be in um a club Bravo clubhouse mm-hmm. about Bravo and performative racism. And it was done by a gentleman named a gentleman named Brandon Good. Brandon Good put it together. He's part of Club Bravo, which is Dave Quinn's Bravo Clubhouse or whatever. And so they created this space for people to talk about it. And it was actually by the NRT, several of us were crying. <gasps> I missed the very end, so. It was really, it was cathartic, okay? Uh-huh. Cameron Westcott, it was cathartic. Yeah. It yeah. was actually lovely, so. He did a good job because he did research and he had so many other instances at Bravo that we yes. had overlooked in the past. Yes. He brought it up. He had his articles and he was, he organized yeah. it so well, by the way. So that was really good. Every time I came in, it was so well organized and well done. I'm really enjoying Clubhouse. I know. I'm enjoying it. It's a fun this morning. Yeah. This morning, I just randomly clicked on it, and there was somebody playing a piano and for um, morning meditation. So I had my coffee and just had the piano playing. Oh, my God. And, I think I'm going to do that tomorrow. And nobody, nobody spoke. He came and introduced himself, started playing the piano, and in the end, he thanked everybody for listening and went away. And there were like people just there listening. Okay, that's I'm in there. I'm in there. It was like so somewhere. beautiful. It was so oh my beautiful. Gosh. 
Yeah. All right. Well, if you catch us in a clubhouse, we're not going to be giving you any Zen or meditation. We'll be yap, yap, yapping away because we don't know how to be be Zen, even though being Zen and meditating really comes from our part of the world. Yeah. I have leaned into my my auntie Arati persona in the clubhouse. Yeah. I'll be there to talk. Yeah. So I'll um, I'll post our clubhouse information on our profile on Instagram now. So if you want to follow us there, you can. And we'll talk to you guys on Saturday. Goodbye. Okay,